Uh, so a continental breakfast shouldn't have eggs, though. All the hotel breakfasts I've seen have one of those big metal things of just scrambled eggs. They're called hotel pans. Whatever. <laughs> that makes sense, I guess. Okay, but it's, like, it's, it's genuinely what they're called. I guess it makes sense. Hello, listeners. This is your host, Game Master, and Game Designer, Kat. Earlier this week, I released my holiday hack of lasers and feelings called Latkes and Bruges. Set at a family Hanukkah dinner, Latkes and Bruges lets you take on family drama in the way we wish we all could. Ever dreamed of telling a family member to fuck off when they're saying something bigoted? This game is absolutely for you. You and the other players work to pull off another great miracle this Hanukkah. A family gathering that doesn't end in disaster. Available now exclusively on my Itch page. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird and sometimes nerdy is the perfect thing to recommend to your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or your kismesis. You can also be our favorite people in the world and leave a review for the show on a podcatcher of your choice. We're big fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, let us know via tweet or Tumblr message, and you'll get a shout-out on the show. You can also support us by visiting patreon.com slash sosesmedia. That's S-O-S-E-S media. With all that said, it looks like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Chicks with Dice. Uh, as you can tell from the episode title, we are going to be playing my tag team wrestling RPG, Call It in the Ring. I'm here with Aaron. Say hello, Aaron. Hello, Aaron. I love it every time. <laughs> and we have done a little bit of preparation in advance just to smooth things along for the setup and, you know, prep phase. So let me first introduce this game. In Call It in the Ring, you will need a deck of playing cards and one D6. The D6 is only used at the very beginning of the game. After that, you're just using the playing cards. So to start, you're going to separate the deck by taking the face cards and the number cards, including aces, and putting them into two separate decks. The face cards are going to be what we use to determine information that relates to the lead-up to our match. 
and the number cards and aces will dictate the pace, tone, and action of the match, which we will then elaborate and describe for storytelling purposes. Uh, in order to facilitate this podcast recording rather than it being a full RPG session, we're using the optional rules titled Or TV Time Remaining, in which you separate the deck of number cards in half, making sure that all of the aces are in whichever half you pick, and then using that as your basis. So, with that in mind, Aaron, are you ready to get started? Uh, give me a minute. Okay, I'm there, let's go. Um, I'm gonna leave that in in real time for the edit, so listeners, that was real time, a minute for Aaron. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I work fast, what can I say? Aaron, would you like to read that? Page seven. Page seven. The journey so far. You're on a winning streak, and you've been getting a push for a little while now. Roll the six-sided die to determine what kind of program you've been in. Okay. So our options are a slow burn rivalry, a challenge gauntlet, a qualifier tournament, a direct challenge, a faction fight, or an impromptu match. So let's see. I rolled a six, so this is an impromptu match. You're here as a total surprise. Not even the smarks expect you to win. Love a good impromptu. Okay, so next thing we're going to do is talk about our billing. So uh, this takes place in a sequence of four questions. First, let's decide, are we getting cheered or booed? I believe we were going to say we were going to get cheered this time. Uh, yeah, it's a change for how I usually operate, but we are the faces for this match. I could talk you into it once in a while. Um, so next thing we have to do is create a gimmick and name. Erin, would you like to introduce your character first? I will be playing the Waffleizer. <laughs> uh, what pronouns does the Waffleizer use? Uh, he, him. Okay. I assume a waffle-themed wrestler? Yep. You know, square. Like, like you know, a honeycomb pattern? Mm -hmm. Imagine that, but it's just squares. So, like, uh, long boys? I, I assume, like, those really awful... I, I love the man, but those really awful trunks that Kenny Omega wears... <laughs> yep. That are, like... Overly, that they're just so busy, but in this case, it's like waffle patterns with pats of butter and pools of syrup. Yeah, like they're kind of distracting a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and I'll be playing as a wrestler named Everything, the Bagel Babe. She, her pronouns. Uh, she is themed after an Everything Bagel, so. There's, like, applique sesame seeds and poppy seeds and bits of garlic and chunky flakes of salt. Um, and together, we are... What, what's our team called? I drew a blank. <laughs> um, so I was thinking we could either be the Continental Breakfast or the Breakfast Bunch, but not the Breakfast Club. Kind of like Breakfast Bunch a little bit more. Okay. And where are we billed as being from? Um, from the dining room of the Motel 8 on I-8. I don't know if there is an I-8. Or if indeed there is a Motel 8 off <laughs> of the I-8. Um, there is an Interstate 8 Motel. Okay. Which is weirdly in Oregon. 
What? Nowhere near Interstate 8. The entirety <laughs> of California away from Interstate 8. That's hilarious, actually. I feel like the best bet, then, is to just go with um, from the dining room of the Motel 8. Okay. I, we don't want to get too silly with it, you know? I mean, I guess we can go with that. So then, with that decided, we get to give our billing. Which is to say, and tonight's challengers, hailing from the dining room of the Motel 8, weighing in at two pounds of bacon, the waffleizer, and everything, the breakfast bunch! And the crowd goes wild. Okay, and now, and your champions. So to play this segment of the game, we'll deal each player a card from the face card deck until there are no cards remaining. Beginning with the player who drew the Jack of Spades, each player will set down one card at a time and answer the question associated with that card. Uh, we'll start with whoever has the Jack of Spades, uh, and then take turns until we're confident in the story, basically. Okay. Okay, so I drew the Jack of Spades. Aaron, since we're playing remotely, would you like me to just top deck your cards and we'll answer them as needed? Yeah, let's do that for simplicity. Okay, so then the first card up is, as stated, the Jack of Spades. For our opponents, the first question is, what is their current gimmick and for how long have they used it? Uh, so I... Like the idea that we are food-themed wrestlers in a food-themed wrestling promotion. Like, I, I think it would be funny if everyone was food-themed. Um, so it's and kind of like how interspecies wrestling was always animal-themed wrestlers. This would be like Restaurant Federation Wrestling. <laughs> we could go with Restaurant Federation Wrestling. <laughs> the RFW. Like <laughs> okay, so my idea for our opponents... Um, is another mixed tag team uh, who are billed as the Carbonaras. And oh, I thought... No. <laughs> I was thinking we could have them be Matt and Chelsea Carbonara. Oh, no. <laughs> no relation. Are they married? Yes. Okay. <laughs> They're a husband and wife team. Do they just insult the food taste of the viewers? Uh, yeah. Um, I think um, Matt Carbonara used to have a more pork product themed gimmick, and like his finishing move was called the Spec Rider. This is getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I'm honestly a little bit amazed. <laughs> okay. Okay, Aaron, uh, you, are you happy with that? Um, are you okay with that being our answer? I don't know that I'll get you to be happy with it. I am okay with this answer. Okay, so then for your first question, we got the Jack of Hearts. How many times have your opponents been champions before this? Um, I'm going to say this would be their second reign. Okay, so... um... What makes this different from their first reign, then? So, I'm going to say, like, their first reign, they came into the company making a big noise and basically, like, demanded 
a, a shot immediately. Mm-hmm. Won that one. We're annoying about it for a while until a different team came up in the ranks properly. Faced them, won, but then like immediately lost. Like they got talked into like a same night defense against the Carbonaras, <laughs> who then won it back. Okay, yeah, that, you know, that makes sense. That, that, okay, so they're like still like basically in their first reign, but it's technically their second reign. There was like a two hour break there. <laughs> on, uh, on like cage match, it'll list, it'll list the championship history. In, and I'll have to list, like, hours in addition yep. to days. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so then my next card is going for a real six-pointer here. Uh, the Jack of Clubs. What was the outcome of your first match against each other? How large was the crowd? So, did we work with them prior to joining the Restaurant Federation Wrestling organization or um have we only wrestled them within the rwf sorry the rfw i i like restaurant wrestling federation better it does make more sense so um did we work with them prior to them and us joining the restaurant wrestling federation or have we only faced them here i would think only here okay so Technically, then, this one's your question. Yeah, I, I, I'm putting it to you because I don't have a, I don't have a preference. Okay. So I think, um, you know, the Restaurant Wrestling Federation pulls pretty respectable crowd sizes. You know, not like selling out, um, like uh, arenas, probably not even like theaters, but like definitely occasionally putting on the kind of crowd that makes you a pretty decent chunk of change are they streamed on iwtv uh no okay they have an exclusive deal with fight <laughs> okay that's pretty big actually yeah they're they're like a step up from regular indie wrestling okay okay they're recognizable yeah they're like it, it's got a pretty big name it's not like um you know the legion hall don't do high spots because you'll hit your head on the ceiling kind of wrestling my preferred kind actually <laughs> i know okay i'm happy with that answer Aaron, your next card we didn't get the four of a kind unfortunately the queen oh, of damn. diamonds um so what major event signaled their most recent turn with the crowd i'm putting this into a thought <laughs> i it's okay. Take as much time as you need. We obviously edit these. Oh, we do. Sweet. Okay. Want to say, especially like in RWF, just making a statement something like only Michelin star restaurants are, are worth going to. <laughs> like something like super elitist like that. I got you. Okay. So they, they like. They they announced that they would only be wrestling against Michelin star opponents from here on out. Yes. <laughs> and the crowd was like, we go to Waffle House after these things. What do you mean Michelin stars? If you cook for yourself, you're poor and that's bad. Also, our manager is our personal chef. 
<laughs> I think that's, that's still awful. <laughs> yes, which is exactly why it's what we're going with. <laughs> okay. Okay. King of Spades for me. What did they do to one-up you in your previous match that still has you fuming? Uh, I think um, I, I, I kind of like the idea that maybe um, they caused one of the members of the Breakfast Bunch, which is a larger stable than just the two of us, to, uh, to turn on the stable. And I think it was probably uh, our egg-based wrestler, because that's the common ingredient between breakfast foods and carbonara. Not scrambles. Yeah, so I think uh, scrambles join the carbonaras as like a um, like a young boy or a valet or something like that. Did they change their name? Um, no, I don't think so. I think they're still scrambles. Still scrambles. Okay. And uh, I think they're the the character that they play now that they're a heel is a little bit like um, when. Cutler was like the bumbling assistant to the elite when they were at the peak of their heeldom. Trying to figure out how to cheat effectively and properly. Right. <laughs> right. But like, um, you know, very much that if you scramble your carbonara, you've messed it up. So they're constantly like berating him for messing up. Okay. <laughs> and I think that that is why we are still mad at them. Okay, Aaron, your next card is the King of Hearts. From which team did they win the title belt? Is this relevant to tonight's match, if at all? Or, sorry, how is this relevant to tonight's match, if at all? Who did they beat? So the first thing that comes to my mind is a team named Value Menu. Okay. <laughs> I haven't gone beyond that yet. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, like, obviously one of the members of Team Value Menu is gonna be the actual wrestler, Cheeseburger. Okay, if we want to be if we want to be within fair use, then a uh, world famous hamburger. Or you know, we could, we'll, we'll just buy a cheeseburger shirt to make up for it. Sure, that that actually that's not a bad idea. But um, so okay, so it's cheeseburger on the dollar. The, the, sorry, the value menu and um, small I don't know. fry. Small fry. Okay, so uh, I think. Our other value menu wrestler, maybe, what about, like, BLT? Okay. And then, you know, obviously that can stand for something else. Doesn't need to stand for bacon, lettuce, tomato. So, so it's cheeseburger and body slams, lariats, tomato. <laughs> sure. I'm only mostly sorry for this. <laughs> Okay, so Cheeseburger and BLT were defeated by the Carbonaras. Is that relevant to tonight's match? No. Okay, that's fine. It doesn't need to be. Yeah, so my next card is the King of Diamonds. In what way were we negatively impacted by their most recent turn? I think I like the idea that, like, the Federation as a whole was really negatively impacted, like... When they came in and started yelling things about Michelin star restaurants and stuff like that, like, you know, there are some people out there who still believe, and they were like, oh, this wrestling federation isn't for me anymore, it's too bougie. And I think, you know... I, I miss the Greasy Spoon wrestling, that's what it is. Yeah, you know, there's just something about 
classic greasy spoon wrestling. None of this fancy damn Michelin star bullshit. Uh, Doesn't this need is, to be accredited by some other third party. I think there was like a actual like dip in attendance because uh, specifically like after I want to say after they won the actual title, really, were not when they won the title, but when they won it back that same night. Like people were like, "Oh, yeah. I'm sick of this," and like just kind of started tuning out. So that's like actually hurt our bottom line a little bit, and like has impacted our pay rates and stuff like that. So there is some actual animosity here. Aaron, one more? One more? Queen of Clubs. What's your record against each other? Have you beaten them recently or only when you were just starting out? I would think we maybe only had like one match against them so far. Okay. Yeah, I mean like that. And we, we obviously lost that first match, right? Of course, yeah. Um, And then like... Since then, they haven't. They probably also like they're they're kind of um, champs who don't really take challengers unless they're forced to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to enforce like time limits on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I like the idea that they are uh, that we've only had one match with them because they just won't take matches. Okay, so that is the setup for our champs. So what we're going to do is designate one of us as the legal wrestler, the person who's coming in first. The person who is not playing the legal wrestler will play the role of the champs. And then whenever there is a tag made, which will be specified by a prompt saying make a tag, we'll switch out who is the legal wrestler and who is taking on the role of the champs. Uh, It's important to note that the stuff we describe isn't the only thing happening during the match, but rather just the you know, important moments that we've chosen to highlight. So if there needs to be a nebulous time gap between descriptions of certain things because they don't make sense in direct sequence, we can just say some more match happens and then... Yeah, it's not like they're just standing in the middle of the ring waiting for the next prompt. Exactly. Okay, so decide if you come out of the tunnel together or individually and then describe your entrance to the ring. Choose one of you to be the first legal wrestler in the match, then describe your opponent's ring entrance. When you're satisfied with all of the entrances, say, ring the bell out loud, making a ding-ding-ding sound is optional, and then draw the first card from the number deck. Coming out together, right? Yes. The breakfast bunch sticks together. We complement each other. (laughs) A waffle and a bagel. (laughs) The the ring announcer announces us as the, uh, the breakfast bunch, and then... Um, the music hits. Probably have some bespoke, like, I don't know, some sort of music. Maybe it's the Reese's Puffs rap. Or it's like the weird hosp- hospital, <laughs> the weird hotel Muzak that they seem to play in the background. Oh, it's hotel lobby Muzak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I actually, I do deeply enjoy that. It's like, it sounds vaguely like the girl from Ipanema. Exactly, exactly. There's a little flourish to make it legally distinct. (laughs) Using the vanilla ice defense. Yep. It sounds a little bit different. It's a little itty bitty ding. (laughs) Okay. Who's gonna be the first legal wrestler in the match? Uh, I think you should start breakfast with a bagel. Okay, we will start breakfast with a bagel. 
and everything will be in the ring as the first legal wrestler. <laughs> How do the Carbonaras enter? They have, like, personally written music that they own a full copyright to. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's like an over-the-top pay-per-view kind of entrance, but on a local show level, so it seems mm -hmm. odd and out of place. Okay, are you happy with that? Happy's not the right term, but yes. Are you narratively satisfied? Yes. Okay, then ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, when we draw cards from the number card deck, we will count how many instances of that card have occurred and answer the prompt according to the number of instances. So in this case, we've drawn a three. This is our first three, so we'll answer threes number one. Threes is themed around action on the floor. Each different number has its own theme. We'll get to most of them throughout the match. So you've been thrown out of the ring. Have your opponent describe how they dive through the ropes and how that impacts you. So this will be Chelsea Carbonara probably starting off. I would imagine like it's the start of the match, really. Don't want to do anything too impressive, so it's just like... Slinging yourself over it, going for a body press. Right, right, right. So I, I think there's, like, the lead-up to it is, like, running the ropes or something like that, you know, just to get the match started off. You know how that happens, like... Yep. The heel will be... the adrenaline. Yeah. The heel is, like, cowering in the corner, and then the, the face is running the ropes, and I think then Matt Carbonara pulls down the rope, and I just go over, and then... The other Carbonara does a, you know, like you said, just a body press. Yeah. You know, th that's a really nice, like, telling of what to expect going forward. Right. It definitely signals to the people who haven't been paying attention that the Carbonaras are the bad guys. <laughs> okay. Our next card up is a four. Taunting. Uh, knock your opponent's tag partner off the ring. Describe the crowd reaction and how you interact with fans at ringside. So I think while I've, you know, I've been laid out on the floor and the ref is doing the uh, 10 count. And on my way in, I think I like chop block to the back of the knee, just like boom, right into Matt Carbonara's leg. And he falls down, like starts writhing on the ground. And I yeah. break the count 
and then I slide out the other side of the corner, and I go give everyone a bunch of high fives. <laughs> I, I imagine it, like, actually, like, sliding into the ring and just rolling right back out. Yes. Like, making a square. Like the Orange Cassidy roll, but faster. Exactly, yes. That's what I was thinking. Just so that I can get back to our corner and, like, you know, start to make the match a little more open and everything like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, next up is a five. So that's a run. <laughs> that's a run six for six, six points. Um, is this shuffled? <laughs> yes. Um, no, it is. So a foreign object is introduced. The champs grab a chair from under the ring. Describe how you uh, counter their attempted chair shot and make a tag. So I kind of like the idea that, um, like as he's down on the ground, having been you know, taken out by a sneaky little attack from behind what might be considered cheating to some, but the crowd doesn't care. Uh, they hate the Carbonaros that much. Yes. They just want to see them get beat up. Uh, so I think on the ground, Matt Carbonaro grabs a chair and like, I think the action in the ring is happening where I don't quite notice it and the chair kind of gets... There, he he shouts like duck and then throws the chair and like you think it's gonna like hit me full in the face, but um yeah I like I pretty much like just put a hand up and deflect it out of the way. It's like you know, good blocking is very fundamental. It's it's because like when you throw a chair like that, you lose so much momentum on the chair because you're not adding force to it as you swing it. So it's like easy mm -hmm. to just go boop, and, like, move it out of the way with your hand. <laughs> and then I reach back and go for a tag, and we make the quick tag, and now the Waffleizer is the legal man. Ha-ha! Next card up, seven. The heel set up a move that looks to be devastating and go for a pin. Have them describe that move, then the player working face should describe how they kick out of the two count. So you So I think, you know, as you enter the ring going for the tag it's probably like you know a small package roll up that just to try to get like a surprise pin because mm -hmm. that that sort of thing sometimes works if someone's not prepared to kick out you get the pin really quickly yeah trying to just use the momentum with them getting in and mm -hmm. it's like very aikido inspired yes <laughs> so yeah going down it's like one two roll be backwards ro roll away from it mm -hmm. and then like kicking up to try and like build up momentum again mm -hmm. and uh, it's like showing the crowd like that that's not gonna work it's not gonna be that quickly this is actually gonna be a match <laughs> right so then i think um because there does have to be a move that looks to be devastating i think during that time when you're like doing your kip up and like shaking it off and like you know working the crowd a little bit they get a quick tag and um, you get hit by a really, really nasty-looking sling blade. Oh, love a good sling blade. Who doesn't? Um, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega right now, probably, actually. Because <laughs> I gotta face so many of them. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you, uh, you do get hit by that. And this two count, 
I think the first one you kick out at one, because it's like, yeah, what is this? This is nothing. The second one you kick out at two. Not quite 2.9, but definitely like one, two, hand is coming up to start the three. Yeah. You know? And you've kicked out Tr- of that. Trying to keep looking strong. Exactly. You good with that? I think I'm good with that. For number two, your partner is pulled off the ring by your opponent. Describe how you're worked over while isolated in the ring and ignore the next tag. So yeah, I guess when they make that initial tag, like, Chelsea was legal, right? Chelsea was legal and... Yeah, so she'll go around and just yank you right off, like, while uh, Waffle Eyes is getting hit and pinned. Right, because the ref isn't paying attention too, too closely to what's happening on the side. Yeah, it's like a real chaotic 30 seconds there. Which, like, you know, bring, brings the energy in the crowd up because it's like, oh my god, there's just so many things happening. And, like, yeah, it's you can pay attention to all of it if you're watching it live. But if it was like, you know, if if it was on anything but hard cam, you're gonna miss some of the action here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, like, that prompts Wallflyzer run to the quarter as faces do, try, try to like recover wherever mm-hmm. you went off to completely open like suplexes and getting tossed around and everything like that yeah there's definitely like a striking sequence in there which he definitely loses <laughs> okay next card this is the heat during the heat the heels are dominating heels will be hitting most of the moves including those not narrated faces will be taking most of the moves what signals this shift in momentum? Have the heels describe a surprise that makes things move in their favor? So I think getting worked over definitely pushes the momentum towards the Carbonaras, right? Yeah, definitely. They're 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 hitting like bigger and heavier moves, giving them mm-hmm. more time to yell with the crowd and get stronger reactions back as in return. Mm-hmm. So. I think the surprising thing, uh, the surprise that makes things turn even further in their favor is, um, I want to say that the chair that we introduced becomes relevant again. Like, it's it's unexpected, but the chair gets slid back into the ring, possibly by Scrambler, or whatever his name was. Scrambles. Scram- yeah, Scrambles, possibly. Maybe their Michelin star chef manager, someone. <laughs> it scoots a ring, it scoots the chair back into the ring. And oh, I think if I could just describe that actually, I got an idea. I would love to. Yeah, this is collaborative, so Yeah. So like I'm picturing like Matt Carbonara going for like a delayed suplex. Mm-hmm. And like in that time where Waffle is up, the chair is slid in behind them both. Mm-hmm. So that when they come down, he lands directly on it. That's exactly what I was thinking. I love that delayed suplex choice, too. That's cute. Okay, I love it not only because it's a great spectacle to see, but also works with the spot because Mm -hmm. it gives you enough time to look away, see the chair get thrown in before resuming. Exactly. Okay, next card up. Another five. Your partner throws you a championship belt. How do you get away with using the belt to hit your opponent? Does this affect how the crowd sees you in this match? Hmm. Okay. So, it's like having, Waffle having gotten 
carbonara like off of him mm-hmm. and like staggering to a corner to try and catch his breath. You throw up a belt. Not sure why. I, I didn't figure that part out. But like just looking at it, holding it up, like trying to get getting crowd reaction, get, getting them into it, getting them cheering for, for a second. Mm-hmm. And then like turning and unintentionally hitting Carbonaro with it. Like it's hanging down along his arm, turns, mm-hmm. and he just happens to be right there. He's trying to like uh like hit you with like a sucker punch and you do like a it's it's a very like um I would call it almost like a three stooges sequence. Yes, a little bit. <laughs> Where like he's going to attack you and you completely unaware of that happening, turn around and whack him with the belt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think there's, I I think the crowd absolutely just dies. This is like, you know, it's a food-based wrestling promotion. The crowd is here for the comedy spots. And and the comedy hasn't been happening much at the top levels because of this whole storyline. So it's nice to get a little bit back. Right. And like, this is, it's, it feels like a more earned laugh than like a, you know, character is weird. Yes. Okay, next card up is a two. Twos are classic moves. Your opponent catches you and picks you up. Have your opponent describe how you take a big bump. So I think, uh, you know, there's there's some exchanges and everything like that after the belt shot. I don't think it's, like, you know, game over at that moment. Um, And then I think, like, you know, we've had the delayed suplex. Um, but I think, like, the next big move, this slam that's happening here of some sort, I, I think it's, like, that you get set up for a, um, like, a powerbomb. Okay. Um, but it's, you know, the powerbomb's not being sold as, like, a finishing move in this promotion. No, it's, it's just another, uh, in It's, like, another move. transitional move. There you go. I couldn't remember the word. Um, so yeah, like, there's this transition from the, you know, chair shot to this bit of momentum heading back towards the Carbonaras, where you're up for a powerbomb, and the, the, you know, the powerbomb gets executed pretty flawlessly, and then it's followed up by, uh, Matt Carbonara tagging out, and, you know, like, an elbow drop or something like that from Chelsea Carbonara. Yeah. That sounds like it would look very painful. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like it it looks like it hits you like right in the solar plexus. Yeah. Real good aim on it. But the next card up is the Ace of Diamonds, which means we move on to the Shine. During the Shine, the faces are dominating. The faces will be hitting most of the moves. Heels will be taking them. The faces should narrate the hot tag that brings them back into action and into control of the match, and then make a tag. Now, we do have an ignore next tag prompt as well. This is one that supersedes that. All right. I'm kind of glad we had this interaction. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, you've been pretty well beat up, right? Oh, yeah. Selling everything. Back hurts, front hurts. um, And I was like that typical crawl to the side of crawl to the corner hand up for way too long kind of hot tag that happens in tag team matches and i think the carbonaros are just in the corner pointing and laughing at you 
<laughs> like they're not even gonna try to stop you. They think they have this match under control that much that they're willing to it, just stand there and make fun of you for a little while. That that is a super meta joke. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you make that tag and everything comes back into the ring and lets out this like guttural scream and just dives like head first. Like basically spears uh spears Chelsea Carbonara into th- her own corner and her head flies back and doinks Matt Carbonara and they and he fall, fall- <laughs> yeah, he falls down. It's nice. like it's like a very good sequence where you get punished for they get punished for making the meta joke. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know, the crowd understands that yes, we're aware of what's happening, but we're also going to still preserve that, you know, this fiction exists while we're in the ring. Yes. Okay, next card up is another seven. There's a series of grapples chained together when suddenly the face manages to roll up the heel for a pin. Have the player currently working face describe the type of pin they attempt. The heel kicks out. Have them describe the counterattack they execute. Mm. So yeah, I think, you know, there's some there's some various moves through, you know, signature moves like the bagel twist and stuff like that. Um I'll try to think of what other um there's a there's like one of the grapples is a um like a there's definitely like a leg lock that's called the locks and schmear. Yep. <laughs> uh, like that's sometimes used as a finisher, but sometimes not. More often it's like a, a little bit of a rest hold, maybe. Yeah. And then I think, you know, all of those grapples turn into what eventually becomes like a crucifix pinning attempt. Yeah, love a good crucifix bomb. Um, and then Chelsea Carbonara kicks out right at two and has been kind of playing possum this whole time. She immediately springs back up after the two count. And you know, I, like I'm still on the mat. I haven't even had a chance to get up from that yet when she's yep. already like just kicking the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and like yelling obscenities and stuff like that, which is like, you know, pretty typical of them, even though we try to preserve a family-friendly promotion. They have special the- swearing dispensation from management. Yes. <laughs> but but even still, it's like weird filler words for the worst stuff. Yeah, it's like kid-friendly swearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so next card up is a four, and I think this is our third four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kiss your tag partner platonically. How distracted does this make your opponents? Describe how you take advantage of that distraction and make a tag. So, how is this kiss happening? Okay, I have an idea. I'm willing to listen at all times. Because they're a married wrestling couple and Mm -hmm. heels, they have to make out constantly in the most disgusting way possible. Mm Mm-hmm. So we mock that. <laughs> okay, so... While they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, she's... Uh, so then Chelsea Carbonara is, like, celebrating after escaping the pinning attempt and, like, kicking the shit out of me, and they start making out in the ring cor- in the in their corner, and the rep is like, uh, tag? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then uh, we were like pointing and laughing and just like. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then it's weird and very childish of us. <laughs> and I, like I, I, I like I like lightly slap your hand for the tag, and then I just give you like a cute little kiss on the cheek, like. And then you Duh. go in, and they're you like, "You know what? Friends can make out." Yeah, uh, but the the carbonaras are incensed at this. <laughs> like, how dare you make fun of our love? This is a beautiful thing, and we should be celebrated for expressing our joy and love and lust for each other in the straightest, whitest way possible. <laughs> yep. Okay, so you are now the legal wrestler. Your next card is an eight. High-flying moves. The champs have you dazed in the middle of the ring as they jump off the top rope. Have your opponent describe the move they execute after bouncing off the ropes. How much hang time do they get? Uh, so yeah, I think there's a couple of sequences that happen after we've annoyed them with our making fun of them for making out. Yep. And there's just like a, you know, couple of sequences. You're pretty dazed because they've been you know working the tags like heels should where they're you know tagging pretty regularly the typical like oh this is good tag team wrestling strategy except mm -hmm. they're doing it and we're not because they've been cheating to keep us on you know their side of the ring and everything like that yeah there's definitely been like ref interference in there somewhere mm -hmm. and then i think you um you know you kind of get up a little slowly and I think Matt Carbonara um, you know bounces off the top rope and does like basically just like a shooting star press. Always love a good shooting star press. It's hard to beat. Um, you it's know, hard to it, do. It's very. <laughs> but like it's it, it, it looks so good and you get like the sense that like oh yeah I rem the crowd kind of gets the vibe that oh yeah they can also work. They're good wrestlers. They're just <laughs> <Yep>. annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's good to have I those think, reminders. Yeah, and I think he's... It, the, the, the amount of time he's in the air feels like forever, but it's like over in less than a second. Mm -hmm. We're on to our third ace. We're just running through these. Yeah, I mean, we are playing with half a deck, so it's oh, yeah. meant to go faster to facilitate podcast recording. Hey, actual play podcasts, if you want to play Call It in the Ring, I will give you a free promotional copy and give you some ad copy to read so that you don't have to come up with a description. <laughs> if you make an actual play podcast and listen to our actual play podcast. Also, let us know if you do. because That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we are now in the go home. During the go home, both teams will be taking and executing moves with multiple false finishes to get the crowd worked up. How you describe your moves should be indicative of the match ending soon. What moment signals this change? Describe together what raises the stakes as the match approaches its finish. I want to say it's more the series of like quick pin attempts. Mm -hmm. So it's like body slam, pin attempt, get up, hurricane run, a pin attempt, get up. And it's it's a very fast like 30 to 60 seconds. Right, it's that, that really, really quick-moving sequence that, like, it's almost dizzying to watch it happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've got so many things happening all at once, and you're just trying to keep up, and it's like, oh, what? 
Oh, oh, what, what, no, whoa. It's a bunch of like, one, two, oh, one, two, yay, one, two. Lots of ahs and yays. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so what raises the stakes as the match approaches its finish, though? Is that we get, it's obvious that we're hitting the, the end of it. Mm-hmm. Because we're getting closer to that three, and each pin just feels longer than the last. Right, so like there's there's a pin, there's a pinning attempt where I think we get them in a pinning attempt where there is a three count, but the ref still says they kicked out. Like the ref hits for three and is like, no, they kicked out. It's like, oh, the the that really frustrating kind of like they yeah. were cheating it, <laughs> like. If we don't win now, there's going to be people who are really mad because we got cheated out of the win. Mm-hmm. And you're still legal, right? I am, yes. Okay, next card up. Eight, number two. You have your opponent dazed on the top turnbuckle. Describe the surprising move that you used to bring them back into the ring. Um, now, originally this was written where you were wrestling bigger wrestlers, so given the size discrepancy, the crowd is stunned. What's the first thing you hear shouted from the crowd as you dive to make a tag? First thing shouted from the crowd? Mm-hmm. Oh. Huh. Well, we also don't forget to describe... Oh, yeah. I want to say it's like Turnbuckle Famasser. You... <laughs> Do I need to describe that for you? <laughs> I think you should describe it for the listening <laughs> audience. <laughs> okay, so... So the Fame Master was uh, Billy Gunn's old finisher, where basically it was a face buster with his leg. Mm-hmm. Like the guy's bent over, jump up, knee behind his head, and fall. It's a really simple move. Doing that from the top turnbuckle sounds like it would hurt like hell, though. <laughs> yes. Um. So is this a variation that you're performing? Is this a variation on the Spec Rider? Kind of. The spec rider was like a jumping face buster behind them. I I suppose like people who only watched Carbonara work for might think that. I think the commentary team screams out or like someone in the crowd screams out the old name. Like that's like spec rider. <laughs> oh God. And then you you're like you give the thumbs up afterwards, like, yeah, <laughs> they got the joke. <laughs> and now you dive to make a tag. So I am now the legal wrestler, and we have hit high-flying move number three. Ooh. Now we're really getting... Yeah. In a surprising it. burst of athleticism, your opponent hits you with a high-flying move from a standing base. Have them describe the spin in slow motion as they come crashing into you. Do they attempt to pin you? High-flying move from a standing base. So I would think then, like, you get into the ring, pick up Car Carbonara, and it's like that last burst of energy kind of thing. Uh, well, I think it's... I wouldn't even say that. I think they just straight-up cheat, and Chelsea Carbonara comes in and hates a move. That That works, too. Then what move would she hit? Probably a standing moonsault. Yeah? Because those are always really fun to watch. Yeah, I know. You can't like... go wrong with a standing moonsault. Mm -hmm. 
like I think this you know the the flip happens in slow motion and like it almost it almost looks like it's slow motion in real life too because like a good standing moonsault you should really kind of like sell the airtime right mm-hmm like watch it like you're just watching it it's always a little bit unbelievable every time mm-hmm and I, I I think like the landing actually also partly lands on Matt Carbonaro, so he can't go for the pin. Like he he gets a leg across his stomach or something. Mm-hmm. And like I think that kind of does a really neat job of setting up like potentially a, a potential finish, depending. Yeah. Our next card up is a three. Your opponent is out on the ring apron. Describe the move you use them you use to knock them down to the floor, then make a tag. So I think the the you know there's a false finish here, and through some series of whatevers, uh, Matt Carbonar is able to make a tag out to get himself out because he's like, you know, nursing his arm from where the leg fell on him or whatever, and like yeah. clearly selling this injury, uh, and. I think as he makes the tag, I come like barreling into the corner with Chelsea Carbonara still on the uh, still on the ring apron, mm-hmm. and just you know basically like do a baseball slide into her shins. Ooh, <laughs> but like a head first slide, so it's not a foot first slide. Even still, ooh, yeah. the shins. It's like basically just slide and push. <laughs> and you know, I think she probably hits the hits the uh ring apron and then hits the ground. Yeah. And while the count is going, I go back to our corner and I make a tag so that we can switch things up. Thinking like you run in, knock over Chelsea Carbonara, make the tag, and then you like dive right onto her again. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Definitely. <laughs> Just keep the motion going. Exactly. So, like, I'll, like, boom, I go corner to corner to corner, and then over the ropes, and, and, you know, basically keeping her engaged in some way with whatever is happening. Which sets us up nicely for... The finish. When you draw the fourth ace, both players describe the finishing move that they hit as a team. Then whoever was the last legal man gets the pin, and you are both champions. So I think we hit our finishing move here. Um, I think we bring Chelsea Carbonara back into the ring. Um, you know, Matt Carbonara still nursing his injuries is like in that typical heelish way is like taking care of himself while his wife gets beat up, and he's like, "But my arm hurts." Yeah. <laughs> the heelish selfishness. Mm-hmm. And I think um, we we set up the the Continental Breakfast. What does the Continental Breakfast look like? Like, an so, element of it is definitely the awful waffle, right? Yeah, I like, I like the idea of a combination finisher. So do I. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> Where it's not like one move that we do together, but rather two of our singles finishers kind of chained together. Very much in the style of like the half and half soul food combo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I-, I think like definitely one of these moves is um, you know, the awful waffle because 
the waffleizer can't not use the awful waffle. <laughs> Sorry, Chuck, I gotta steal it. And um, I think uh, for um, for every, I actually, you know, I kind of like the idea that it is a um, the awful waffle into the locks and schmear. So it's like a it's like a a move and then a submission. So like they're okay. perfectly positioned for this submission hold as they're dazed from the, you know, power of your awful waffle. <laughs> so it's like the awful waffle, which is a like a power bomb set up into like a like almost like a pile driver. A really weird pile driver. Lays them out on their front. You put in a leg lock, but you're not the legal one. So Oh, you're right. I think it goes into like a second submission in that case. Right, or it's like a team submission. Maybe it's a Yeah, no, I, I like the idea of a second submission. So it's like it, it almost like kind of acts as like a reverse sort of tension. So like, you know, one move into the other where I'll like crank on her leg in a certain way that makes it like bend in a way that it shouldn't and then you do almost the inverse with your like or we could just have you do the pin i'm just trying to picture it's like uh, maybe it's not the locks of schmear then maybe it's the awful waffle i i i want to workshop this a little bit we're almost there so it's the awful waffle well if i can just say real quick I'm picturing like the awful waffle, Lakshmi Schmear, into like a rings of Saturn, which is folding the opponent's arms behind them into mm-hmm. a submission. Yeah, that works. I like that. That um and um that move is one that is shared by the entire stable, and um it's pro- I think it's like it, it's the breakfast bunch's signature move, and it's I don't know. It's like it's called the cake donut. <laughs> <laughs> Would you yes, rather have it I, be a yeasted donut, Aaron? Nope, I love it. <laughs> okay, so it's the cake donut. I think uh, the ref ends up stopping the match because she's like pretty much out. <laughs> Can't even submit. Yeah, you gotta get a verbal submission, but yeah. Unless the ref stops the match because they're knocked out, right? Yeah. Like, yep. So, with that said... Legendary play-by-play commentator working the show comes down to the ring with a microphone as we are basking in the cheers of the crowd. And he asks the Waffleizer, Well, congratulations to our new champs! What's it feel like they got the win over your rivals? Waffleizer's, like, completely out of breath. (laughs) Absolutely gassed. Absolutely gassed. It's like, we... Yeah, well, yep. Um, the, everything pushes you out of the way <laughs> and says, everyone's getting Waffle House on me tonight. Let's go! <laughs> well, uh, now that you're champs, who's next? And I think um, I would like to have you answer this with instituting an open challenge. Just like looking up the ramp, holding the belt up. Whoever wants it. The breakfast bunch is ready to fight anyone at any time. Except maybe, like, for the next 24 hours. Uh, <laughs> so, starting tomorrow, open challenge on this belt. 
back tomorrow. <laughs> Love it. Okay, out of character, decide on a few closing details such as how long your title reign is, if your tag team encounters internal friction as champions, where your careers go, etc. So do we have any ideas for what happens to us next? Like, I think I... we probably hold the titles for a little while, right? Yeah, I think we have a very good active title reign. You know, really making the tag titles a staple on the shows again. Yeah, I think the tag titles become, like, a really important part of the show again. And, you know, there's some prestige to them. And the Carbonaras, like, sink off and start talking about how they were robbed. And, had like, I think we defeat them one more time during the open challenge period, um, just to really cement it. They're probably the first ones to take it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although they, I, I think they're not. They take like a week because they need to recover. <laughs> um, I think specifically Matt Carbonara like wears a, has his arm in a sling, and talks about how the those you know the awful hooligans in the breakfast bunch caused his wife to break his arm. <laughs> it's not actually broken. There's no real injury. No. Uh, but he definitely think... gets a cast, and he definitely uses it as a weapon. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of, you know, that, that, that title reign goes on for a little while until some, like, other, you know, probably we pass the title on to someone on the younger side in the promotion who's, like, really getting the a pair that are getting their first major push is like recognized as talent that this company wants to see move forward and excel and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's like, it, it's a feel good sort of match where it's, uh, you know, in it for the sports competition rather than the sports entertainment. Yeah. Even though we are still being sports entertained. Very entertaining. Uh, so with that, Thank you for playing with me, Aaron. I had a lot of fun telling the story of the Breakfast Bunch. It was certainly a unique tale. I mean, when is this game not unique? Uh, So, speaking of which, if you'd like to pick up a copy of this game, uh, you can do so by going to zafticat.itch.io. That's Z-A-F-T-I-K-A-T dot itch dot I-O. Aaron, you were going to say something? I don't think in, like, the three times we've played it, we've had anything remotely the same. (laughs) No, it it goes so differently every single time, because you can tell such a different story. Like, you know, what, what makes wrestling interesting is that you have these, like, set narrative beats. And that's what I tried to capture with this game, is there are narrative beats that happen in wrestling. And you can really take those things and apply them broadly to a match in random kind of configurations and it'll come out unique every single time because there's a story happening in addition to you know there's a story happening in the ring there's a story happening backstage everything kind of comes together and you know some matches might look pretty samey but it's very rare that they're exactly identical Mm -hmm. so uh thank you all for listening and we will be back with regularly scheduled programming very soon have a good theme song end of episode chicks with dice is a production of so says media to support the work we do visit patreon.com slash so says media 
The game featured in this episode was written by me, Kathleen Hislop. You can find this and my other delightful games at zaftycat.itch.io. That's Z-A-F-T-I-K-A-T dot itch dot I-O. Remember, the best way to help the show is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods and to tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth and five-star reviews are the best ways for a podcast to gain new listeners. The intro and outro song used in this episode were in by Chris Postel of Sounds Like an Earful. Visit soundslikeanearful.com to hear more of Chris's work. For all other music and sound effects, see liner notes for details. This episode features Aaron Cotter as the Waffleizer. Aaron uses they-them pronouns. <laughs> this episode also features me, Kathleen Hislop, as everything, the bagel babe. I use it-its and she-her pronouns. Until next time, why does JR keep calling people pronoun boy? I don't like it. Do we want to fight other food-based wrestlers? Um, I'm thinking the Carbonaras. Matt and Chelsea Carbonara. I hate it. We kind of have to. (laughs) I hate that we kind of have to. (laughs) It's pretty good. Listen, there's only a 25% chance we get sued over this. (laughs) I, I doubt we would get sued. This is parody. It's protected under fair use. By calling them the carbon, we're not saying Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. We're saying Matt and Chelsea Carbonara. <laughs> that is clear parody. Clear, yes. Comedy's back. <laughs>